What's up, world? Welcome to another Anchor Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective, even if the college fantasy football season is over, it is long gone, it was wonderful while it happened, but it's over with, but we got to keep on moving, we got to keep on trucking. I am Farnsworth, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, a man, a hundred grand in the sand. Owens, what's up, man? What's going on with my partner? Man, wake up over there, man. Brother, been going through these last few weeks, boy. This is just pain. And just grabbed your boy, man. Bit me like a um, bulldogs. All right. Got me over there popping pills, man. I know. Headaches what, what, and stuff. What did it sound like? Oh, I'm grabbing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it sounds like? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Pain, man. Grabbing. Oh, shoot. Down for the count. Down for the count. Well, like, uh, like I stated previously, the season is over with. Mm. Um, it was a wonderful season, man. I wish we could yes, it was. I wish we could relive it again, but we're on to the next the off season, man. And officially starting, we'll get into some things later on in this episode about the transfer portal, which is complete. It's a complete madhouse, right? Yes, now. sir. Yes, and sir. It's about to really get. I mean, it's about to really get jumping here in a few days. I think it opens up on December fifth, which is probably. I think that's next week. So, but it's but it's going down already. Things are heating up. Uh, but the thing's about to uh, blast off uh, here in a few days. But let's 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 talk some 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 college football, man. We're coming mm-hmm. off of uh, rivalry week this past right. week, week thirteen. Rivalry week. Let's jump into. Ohio State and Michigan to begin this. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh seems to have found his niche. Owens, uh, that dude has found a groove, right? A formula, if you will, on how to handle Ohio State. You yep. thought maybe last year is because of the elements and they were at home and all that kind of stuff, but they come in here into the horseshoe. None of those things on their side this year, and this the same outcome. A complete right. beatdown did Ohio State suffer at the hands of the Michigan Wolverines. Um, they ran the ball at will with no Blake Corm, so mm-hmm. to speak. He was, not, he was not a factor in this mm-hmm. game at all. Right. And you were texting me as if you thought the quarterback was trying to give the game away. With, with with some of the decisions he was making, man, he he started out with some jitters. I mean, it was like this game is too big for him. That's what I that's what I sent to you. This game was like it was too big for him because his throws was too high, and he was he was happy feet and yeah, I was like man, dude, you nervous? You know, I can understand it. It's a big game, you know. And he, man, once he settled down, boy, ooh, wee. Yeah, he ended up making some wonderful plays down the stretch. They ran the ball uh, very, very effectively right down 
the Buckeyes' throats uh, really opened it up in the fourth quarter with 21 points there because Ohio State was leading this at halftime. But it didn't look like Ohio State was just about to dominate. It didn't look like that at all. I don't think it ever looked like to me that Michigan wasn't in some type of control in this game, man. But, yeah, J.J. McCarthy, 263 and three touchdowns. But Donovan Edwards, man, 22 carries, 216 yards, 216 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. And that was enough to get it done because nobody else really showed up in the running game outside of Donovan Edwards, who has been, you know, his play has been uh, kind of in and out the past few weeks with in dealing with injuries. So, I mean, they put Blake Corum on ice and bring this dude in. I mean, with like fresh legs. Right. That's what it looked like. And Ohio State, of course, they're dealing with injuries also with your guy, uh, Trayvon Henderson, not being available in Maya Williams be limited in this one cj stroud um so so game i mean threw for a lot of yards did have the two turnovers there receptions that is but uh wide receivers look pretty good of course they always do but again just not enough to get it done just getting thumped yeah yeah i mean they they actually did good against the run because they had michigan run game on lock for a majority of the game. But that was had them two big long runs, man. That's why his numbers look good. You know, <laughs> two two big long touchdown runs. But I don't understand because the two that he had, that hole was so big and then there wasn't nobody behind him. It's like the safeties, everybody was up. Once he hit the hole and got through the pass that hole the line, it was like there's nobody there. Both of them, both times. It's like right. wow. Wow. Right, right. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Let's go on down to uh, Tuscaloosa. Mm. Iron Bowl going on down here with Alabama and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect much out of this game. Of course, it's a down year uh, for Alabama according to their standards. Right. According to their standards. But, right. I mean, uh, Auburn is in shambles as a team. Uh they just hired Hugh Freeze not too long ago. Disastrous season there for them. Um, right. The season, I mean, not the season, but the future could be bright. Right. Freeze coming in and the way he coaches his offense there. Uh, you got Robbie Ashford there. Maybe he shine. He goes for over 100 yards against Alabama and two touchdowns on the, 100 yards on the ground, that is. But, you know, the passing game, dude, is – it was putrid um, with what he was able to do, or should I say, not able to do right. against the Crimson Tide. Uh, and, and and in return, um, Bryce Young looked good. Right. The running game looked like it had looked all year, kind of, you know, makeshift right there, mix and match the wide receivers. He hit about 20 different dudes. Right. <laughs> Nobody's really stepping up. Man, it wasn't the classic Iron Bowl like we, you know, you got used to. Normally, we looking at like Auburn is about to upset Alabama. You know, we we get you know something like that, but man, not not I I didn't expect that this year either. You know, because they said us down here for Auburn. I felt like it was going to be a slacking from 
you know, Alabama, which it was. Um, but like I said, it, it, you know, it was what, 22 point game. And it was looked like it was worse than that. But <laughs> what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it was worse than that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. This other game, man, Notre Dame and USC, I thought Notre Dame would put up a bigger fight than this. I did, too. I was shocked the way they allowed USC to handle them. I did mm -hmm. not expect that. I thought that, you know, they would play a little bit better defense against a USC. Um, Travis, not Travis, Dye. Travis not being injured, but Austin Jones, a Stanford transfer, coming in there and having his way with 25 mm -hmm. carries, 154 yards. Uh, Caleb Williams was vulturing all the <laughs> rushing touchdowns. He had three rushing touchdowns in this game. But he looked good, though, man. He he, he looked really good. 18-22, wonderful completion percentage right there. Two right. and a touchdown through the air. And he also hit about 20 different guys. So, I mean – I guess I guess these quarterbacks, these are to me two of the top three best quarterbacks in the country. I guess they do what they need to do to get right. the job done. You know, they spread that ball around. Who I mean, I think when you see this, Owens, when you see a plethora of wide receivers getting some action, mm -hmm. to me, I don't know, I don't know that that scheme more so than it is somebody going through progressions. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're not right. clingy, you're not clinging to one side of the field and you're just peppering one guy all right. game long. And you know, one guy has 15 catches. Right. And so this, this could be a testament of these quarterbacks' ability to survey the field and, and read defenses and find the open man. What do you think about that? I, 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 I think that probably you're probably right. Um, and I think that's good as far as for their team, you know, because you know a lot of lot of a lot of, lot of these teams have one main guy, like you were saying, you got fifteen catch ten to fifteen catches a game, or you know might have a, a fifteen to eight fifteen to twenty targets a game, but you know for one guy, and then you know the other team come in with a game plan. All right, we got the corner get him, and we're gonna have to put a safety over the top of him. Once you take that away. Now the quarterback is forced to look somewhere else, and they may not be used to looking somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? And so, if if you have your quarterback and you're able to go through your progressions, you know not only is that good for your team, man, but NFL like that too. You know what I'm saying? They like, oh yeah, he can hit his make his reads quick enough to you know get that ball out and, and you know make the completion. So I think that's good for the team, and not necessarily good for fantasy. From our perspective, but we want that guy to get that, you know, 10 to 15 catches again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I like it, man, you know. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, I, th I, th I, I expected more out of Notre Dame than what they were able to do and what they were to put together. Drew Pine looked good, man. He's really come on these past few games. Um, right, yes. Yeah, Notre Dame's run game, I don't know why. USC has been weak against the run, but somehow in this game, Notre Dame couldn't get theirs going. Right, at all. I mean, at all. They they couldn't jumpstart the running game. So um, it was one of those deals, man, where it was it was just scheme and philosophy. It was a – it was it was a uh, – uh, a bad matchup for what Notre Dame likes to do as far as the running game is concerned. I don't know. That could be the situation. But moving right along, Oregon, Oregon State, this game right here, man. 
Mm-hmm. This game right here shook up some stuff because Oregon had all but punched their ticket to the Pac-12 championship game. They've been, you know, kind of beating up on some people here, yeah. uh, looking like they were going to take this uh, Pac-12 title home or or to Eugene, Oregon. Oregon State says, no, we've got something to say about that. And, boy, did they. Uh, they were just – man, listen, man, Oregon – it it, it, it it felt like by halftime and going into the third quarter that Oregon is kind of establishing themselves as, yes, we are big brother. Mm-hmm. But in the fourth quarter, man, Oregon State was like, nah. We ain't little no more. We ain't little no more. <laughs> you ain't punking me like you used to. Right. And it's almost like those guys got some momentum in that in that, in that fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. it was all bad for Oregon after that. It was all downhill for Oregon after that. They could not recapture what they had for three quarters of the game. It had eluded mm-hmm. them, and that was clear. That was mm-hmm. clear. Oregon State had this momentum, mm-hmm. and they weren't trying to give that thing up either, man, and they rode it all the way to victory. 38-34, that is, because right. of that fourth quarter, because of their play in the fourth quarter of this game. Down the stretch, Oregon didn't have any answers for what they were throwing out there on the field. That would be Oregon State, what they right. were throwing out there on the field. And listen, man, I, I would I would hate to go out on on, on, um, on a note like this. If I'm, if I'm Kenny Dillingham, of course, I, you know, he's the OC, he's probably like, you know, I get my own gig now. I don't know what he's going to do with the bowl game. If, if he's going to coach in that, he probably won't. Right. Probably going to, you know, have shoot deuces and say, you know, I need to get this thing started. I need to get this thing rolling as quickly as possible. But you would hate to go out like that if you're him. What do you say about this game, bro? Man, heck of a game, man. Um, I think that that ankle injury that Bo Nix took a couple weeks ago. Um, I think that is a huge effect on Oregon's team because, you know, Bo Nix was everything for them. You know, I mean, he would, he would, he would get the passes, you pass touchdowns, but he would run that ball so much. And like I say, you know, get down the goal line. He kept the ball so much and ran, he, you know, two or three touch, rushing touchdowns, you know, per game. And that ankle injury slowed him down. Uh, you could see it the week before this game. And then you can see it in this game. He only had, what, three carries from minus five yards. And so you can actually, you can, you know, with that being said, you already know he's not 100%, you know. And I think that if he was 100%, that Bo Nix that we were used to seeing throughout the season, it may have been a different outcome in this game. But, um Nevertheless, man, Oregon State, man, they they uh they showed up like I said that fourth quarter, huge fourth quarter. They pulled it out, man, rushing for two hundred and sixty eight yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, but look at the they only had sixty passing yards. Right, right. And not only that, only they had three turnovers. Oregon didn't have any. Yes. So how do they still win this game? They just like controlled the clock and dominated on the ground. And keep the keep keep workers' offense on the sideline. Run that ball down their throat. 
Bo right. Nix threw it 41 times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I man, I'm telling you, I think I'm telling you, that ankle injury, man, that was that's a huge deal, man. Absolutely, absolutely. But Oregon State, the Beavers, they get the win, man. They get, they the, get win. the win. Let's go to a to a G five matchup. Tulane at Cincy. Mm, Tulane is for real. You think so, Bruh, I was watching that game, and it's like they was telling Cincinnati, "We the big dog." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, look at Tulane, man. Yeah, they get, they get the three-point win. This was a tight game, man, all the whole game. This was a tight game. Nobody really dominated. Nobody really ran away with it in this right. game. I mean, Tajay Spears did kind of dominate on the ground a little bit, though, man. Yes, he did, 181-2. and two. Yeah, so, I mean, they could not control him whatsoever. Uh, he had a wonderful, wonderful day on the ground. Um, and I don't know what's going on with 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 uh, Cincinnati's backfield, but, man, that thing has been patchwork all season long. You get Ryan Montgomery this game with 17 carries, 95 yards. Charles McClellan, who looked to be the man a few weeks ago, only eight carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. And nobody else, as far as running back or in the running back room, is is touching the football. I, I mean, injuries. I don't do. They've just been they um, decimated almost with injuries all year, and they're just. I mean, guys are just in and out. There's a revolving door. Yeah, uh, you know, as a, as a fantasy football player, you don't like to see stuff like this because you have a guy. If you had one of these running backs that they say, "Oh, he's a man," he just, you know, he got down one game, and then they let him get a, get down again the next next game. You know, you grab him, you, you snatch him up, and you're thinking, "Oh, yeah, this is a guy, man, it's a guy." You know, the third game he gets he gets down a little bit again, and then out the blue, he got somebody else, another running back pop up, and he getting a name. You ain't got no type of explanation as to why this other guy is starting and and getting down and your guy's not and yeah, you then, can't get a beat on it yes you have no no you have no explanation and then that guy lasts for a game or two and then they might go back to your guy or they might go to somebody you think oh my god oh my gosh bro yeah you say he lasts for a game or two he lasts for a game or two and they ain't switching again <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's it for the rivalry week. Week, man. Rivalry week. <laughs> Say it slow. <laughs> Goodness. Rivalry week. <laughs> Try to say that five times. Rivalry week. Recap. So let me get something. That's that's easier. Let me grab right. let's, let's do conference championship week. Utah at USC. Do I mean does does Utah uh, USC avenge their only loss this season, which came against the Utah Utes? This game had Caleb Williams crying and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
what do they do in this game? Uh, I know Kyle Whittingham, I saw a little something he said. He's setting this thing up nice as far as playing the underdog roles, and they're already penciling USC into the playoffs, and they've already given Caleb Williams the Heisman, so he set this thing up nice. I don't know how his team's going to respond, but I know he's got some great bulletin board material that seems to, you know, it seems like it should help them respond positively right. to to, uh, to this game. Uh, I know USC has plenty incentive, you know, going into this game and, and, and that they uh, Utah is the reason for the only blemish on their record. But, you know, they always say it's hard to beat the same team twice. Right. Um, what do you think, man? Ooh, man. You know what? Uh, I got USC in this game. Um, I know Utah beat them by one point. It was 43-42. Uh, first time they played. I see just, just looking at how USC played last week against uh, Notre Dame. Uh, look, look like they're um, can I say uh, motivated now that they know that they have a chance to make the playoffs. Seem like they pl- seem like they're playing a little bit harder, and so you know stopping the run and all that kind of stuff, which is you know like Notre Dame's bread and butter. Um, Utah, you know, is that saying you know they like to run the ball, not really is late, you know, as of late, I don't know if it's because injuries or whatever, but <laughs> excuse me. Um they got to deal with that tight end old Kincaid though, man. That's a bad boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I think I think USC man might pull it off uh this round. You know what man Utah's defense since that USC loss, they came out after the bye week. Mm-hmm. The most that they've given up is 21 to Colorado just last week. And I think that was second quarter. Not second quarter, excuse me, second half points. Mm. When the when the back when they were they were beating Colorado down. And so second and third string were in there. Mm-hmm. They only gave up 20 points to a nice Arizona offense. Very, very explosive Arizona offense. Right. Only gave up 20 to Oregon. They, now, they did lose that game, but they only gave up 20 to Oregon. Only gave up 17 to Washington State. Washington State can score. I mean, they're not going to, you know, blow the doors off of you, you know, but, but they can score. Right. Utah's defense has been playing better down the stretch. And you look at that game against USC, mm-hmm. you know that they played UCLA the week before, and that was a high-scoring track meet of a game. Right. Maybe they were looking ahead to USC because UCLA beat them by 10. Right. I think Utah may do it again. Mm. I think they may do it again. I think... Uh, Having Colorado this past week certainly helped. Yes, because I don't think any of those starters were in there in the third quarter. <laughs> so I think they got him a good rest. Right. 
I think they got a good rest. And having played them already, and we've 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 seen the the Lincoln Riley regime and their unwillingness to adjust. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if this he's got the utmost confidence in his system, but they really don't adjust. Right. If that's the case in this game, I think I think Utah can do it again. I think Utah can do it again, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick Utah, Owens. I'm gonna pick Utah. Okay. Pick Utah. On to the Big Twelve, Owens. We got another. We have another uh, rematch in this conference championship game with K State and TCU. Uh huh. TCU, we already know they love to live on the edge. And all of their games have been 10 points or less, I think. Maybe, you know, if, if not all, just about all, have been at least 10 points or less. Mm-hmm. Look at the schedule right now, and that's what I – except, well, aside from this past game where they beat the Dickens out of Iowa State. But – Pretty much, man. I'm looking at this, and it's ten points or less since guess who <laughs> the Oklahoma game. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. But it's been at least ten points or less uh, since then. You throw out the Iowa State game, but when they beat them, when when they when they beat K State, of course they won by ten. That's one of the games where they won by ten. Mm-hmm. Um, they shut K-State out in the second half. K-State was actually winning that game at halftime. Right. And whatever adjustments that Sonny Dykes and his staff made, that was the difference in the game because, again, they shut uh, K-State out in the second half. So right. this game here, man, uh, again, another rematch. Man, I don't know yet. Who you got? You don't know yet, huh? I don't know yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and ponder while you, while you go through your uh, um, whole spiel about what you think about this. I think TCU is gonna pull this out. Um, they're battle tested. It's like they know how to win in every way possible. <laughs> it seemed like. You know, they, they know how to blow you out. They know how to get in a dog fight with you. <laughs> you know, they know they know how to come from behind. You know, it's like they just like they know just they just know how to win, man. And so I got I gotta I gotta say I gotta say they're gonna find another way to win, another way to beat Kansas State. I just I just see it. Hmm. He says he see it. Owens. I see it. I think everything you just said makes a ton of sense, man. It does because they've won in just about every aspect that you can win. Yep. yep. I mean, from blowing somebody out to running a kicker out there with five seconds left, yep. get a field goal as with no timeouts, clock just ticking. Yeah. running him out there to kick the field goal to win the game. And it, it was so flawless 
and effortless. It was just like, all right, you know, like you know, you got the players running off, players running on the field. Nobody ran into each other. Every, you know, well, what I'm saying, thing if somebody trip and fall, it's over with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody knew which way to go. Everybody just ran license and smooth. Dude was the other guy was directing people, make sure everybody was lined up. And was, you know, some, you know, what I mean, it was like, bro, how many times did y'all practice this? This is like unbelievable. You know, nobody was nervous and nothing. Let me just go out of here. Everybody watch on the field. Like, you know, do I look thank yeah. you all? Like, my gosh, man. But man, if somebody trips and falls, yeah, it's over. It's over. Time run. Out. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh man, that would be funny, man. He cost him the game because he failed. Because he failed. <laughs> you know, some of the guys with him, what are you doing? Oh man, that's funny. Listen, I love everything you just said. I agree with all of it, man. But for some reason, uh oh. <laughs> For some Uh-oh. reason, bro. You feel it? I gotta go with K State, man. I just think it's TCU's time. To, I mean, I gotta do it, man. I gotta go with K State. I think they. I think they. They saw what happened in the first half of the first game. Mm-hmm. What happened in the second half? I think they, I do, I think they make the proper adjustment, Owens. Okay. And I gotta go with TCU and uh, not not TCU, K State in this one, man. Okay. I gotta go with K State in this one. On to a more easier one. LSU and Georgia. You ain't lying. <laughs> I don't know if we just spend much time on this because LSU just got the, the, the got the doors blown off by Jimbo Fish, a struggling Texas A&M team. I don't know if they, they – they had to be. I know we've said that a lot this year about people looking ahead. Yep. But what else could it be? When you let this team – I understand A&M is talented, but they don't know how to play together. Right. It seems like right. they don't know how to win football games. Right. But you let them come in and do this to you. That caught looking ahead. I mean, I guess they were still celebrating the fact that they were on their way to the SEC championship game, and it caught up with them thinking that this team is sorry, this team is in disarray, you know, that players are disgruntled and all of this kind of stuff. And they go in there and, and whoop them on. I mean, just whoop yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they about, they about to get a nut. Georgia <laughs> <laughs> said, don't stop now. <laughs> they about to get a nut. <laughs> yeah, this is about to be a beatdown. The door is about to be blown off again. Yeah, this is about to be a beatdown. I can see Jaden Daniels right now. A good, a good eleven for thirty, uh, one hundred and thirty yards, touchdown, three picks, 
maybe 130 yards. <laughs> I can see it right now, but that's that. Ain't too much time to spend on. I mean, ain't, ain't a need to spend too much time on that. Clemson in North Carolina. Um, Drake may. We're gonna talk about him in a little bit, but Clemson. Listen, man. Clemson not all because they didn't play in the off season. Right. Not all season, regular season, excuse me. Regular season. They didn't play mm-hmm. in the regular season. Clemson better watch out for this freshman. They better watch out. He's gonna throw for he's gonna throw for about four hundred and ten and, and five. <laughs> he could do it. He could do it, man. He could do it. You think so? He could, man. He dude is good. Drake May is good. Drake May is better than good. Drake May is real. He's a he's a beast, man. And he could he he could throw for fourteen and five, man. They better watch it. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, because now you know, so now Green done stepped up as the man. He's he's been looking really really good in the running game, and he's got that running game going. So they just can't worry about May. You know, they got to worry about Green too. So, bruh. Hmm. Oof, yeah, Clemson better watch out. It's yeah. going to be a good game, though, man. The thing about it is the two teams that beat Clemson this year played some pretty good defense against Clemson. Ooh, North Carolina don't have That's something that North Carolina cannot do. Ooh, Will Shipley for to have him a field day. He's going to eat. But they do have Drake May, so they – they hadn't need much defense all year because that dude, he keeps them yeah. in the 40s. Yes, he do. He keeps North Carolina in the in, in the 40s. I know they didn't have that this past week, nor the week before that, but mm-hmm. they are a high-scoring team, and the, and, and, and the guy can move the freaking football. Yeah. The, it looks like they on a slump right now. You know, you lose the Georgia Tech. Man, that's that game, that's a that bad game look. Right probably got him that game right there probably got him hired alone. Yeah, man. That that's <laughs> a bad look right there. You know, losing to Georgia Tech. <laughs> we just lost to NC State, but man, I gotta take Clemson in this game, man, because they they like they on a like North Carolina is in a slump. You yeah. know what I mean? A few uh, you know, three or four weeks ago. I, it, I have, I'll be feeling different, but I don't know. Maybe they come out of it. I don't know, but I got to take Clemson in this one. Man. I got I'm going to piggyback that idea. I'm going to take Clemson also, man. North Carolina just doesn't play defense. Yeah, man. <laughs> they don't play defense at all. <laughs> if anybody can get a stop, it's going to be Clemson. Huh? Clemson, and I think it's real simply, man. They can control the clock. Right. Drake May over there uh, waiting to get in the game. So, right. So I got to go with Clemson, man. I got to go with Clemson. Owens, man, let's hit some postseason awards. Yes, sir. Season, post-CFF season awards, man. We've got plenty of awards to hand out tonight. For the 2022 CFF season. Again, it was a wonderful season. Weird yeah. in a lot of ways. Because you got a lot, you, I mean, you had a lot of top picks be irrelevant. I mean, completely irrelevant. 
but if you've been playing college fantasy football for any length of time, you understand that there is a possibility and more so a probability that you're going to find some gems as you maneuver through the season. Right. As you traverse through the season, guys are going to be popping up. Guys are going to start to stand out, guys that you didn't see. But coupled with that, this year you had so many top picks not play like top picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first rounders, second rounders, whether it be because of injury or for other reasons, yeah, guys not showing up at all. Guys not showing up at all. So you got a mixture of that. And with that, you give me, you just get this storm. Right. That, I mean, it's almost like when you look at it, you're like, what the heck is going on? From week to week, you kind of really don't know what's what. You do, but then again, you don't. So the unpredictability of it was somewhat enhanced this year because of all of that. Right. Because of all of that. So I'm ready to jump into it. Postseason awards. Let's start off always with the freshman of the year. Who you got, sir? Man, I got Drake May. We just talked about him. Um. The guy, man, is, is, is a beast, man. He threw for 3,847 yards, 35 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. As a freshman, bro, that is outstanding. Ridiculous. That is crazy, man. Almost 4,000. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and he's 67% completion percentage. Yes. On the year, not only that, is he ran the ball 161 times. Right. For 629 yards. So there's true dual threat ability there. So this is not just some statue pocket passer sitting back there or standing back there who's a sitting duck who's just waiting to pick you apart. No, this young fella will take off on you. Yes, he will. This dude will take off on you. So, I mean, you got to keep your eyes on him. You can't just, you know, play man because you got your back turned. He gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. Make you mix it up. If you're a little sus on defense, man, you can hang it up. He's going to light you up. Yes. And so, listen, I'm going to piggyback that. My freshman of the year, also, Drake May. Yes, sir, Drake man. Shout out to my boy Brandon T. If he was here, he would say all day Drake May. All day Drake May. Yes, all sir. All day Drake May, man, had wonderful games. Like you said, they were in a slump coming down the stretch. Don't know what was going on there, man, but for the most part, man, he lit it up all year long. Had mediocre games against Miami and Duke, but and Georgia State. Don't know what was going on there. I mean, he looked good as far as efficiency. He just didn't have those gaudy numbers like he had in some of the other games this year. Like the game against Pitt, you know, 388 and 5. Games like that. But the dude had double-digit carries every single game except for the first one against Florida A&M, which is very understandable. So I second that. I I like your guy, Drake May, too, for freshman of the year. Moving right along. The top transfer of the year, sir. 
Owens, Sir Owens. Yes, sir. I'm going with Bo Nix, man. Coming from coming from Auburn, man. I looked at, I, you know, what he did at Auburn. You know, wasn't even close <laughs> to what he did no this year at, at, at Oregon. Unbelievable, man. I I didn't think that he would look this good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He 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 comes in, transfers. He goes for. 3,389 yards, 27 passing touchdowns, and only six picks. Not to mention, though, the ground game, man. Oh, yeah. Like like, like the, the, the rushing touchdowns. Unbelievable. Um, What do you have? Uh, what am I looking at? 14 rushing touchdowns. 14 rushing touchdowns. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable. 41 total. 41 total. Just complete domination, man. Complete domination. And like I said, he, if it went for the ankle injury, man, he would have, I'm promise you, he would have more than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, for the second time in a row, I don't want to do this, but I can't argue with it because I looked at Caleb Williams and I thought, well, he went with his head coach at OC. Right. And he had his top target go with him. Right. And then I thought about Garrett Schrader, and I thought, had he not got hurt, mm-hmm. I probably would have picked him because he was horrible mm-hmm. outside of running the football. Right. And he was a completely different dude this year right? while he was healthy. But again, I got to go with Bo Nix, man, because of what we saw him do at Auburn. Nobody expected this level of play. Nobody. Nobody mm. expected Bo Nix to do this. It's almost like he went and, I mean, it, it was a total makeover. Mm-hmm. I mean, complete makeover. So this is not refurbished uh, Bo Nix. <laughs> yeah. Right? This is, not a, this is not a refurbished Bo Nix. This is almost like this dude has complete new parts. Yes. He's polishing up the old ones. Yes, because he was making some throws, and you make you, you look at him like, but Nick's, you know, not sure. <laughs> I don't know what Kenny Dillingham was whispering in his ear, but those sweet nothings yeah. sure had that dude clicking. Yes, man, and had that dude clicking, clicking his heels like Dorothy, no doubt. Moving yes. right along, Owens, quarterback of the year. We just talked about quarterbacks. Drake right. and Bo Nix, neither right. one of them are on this list for quarterback of the year, man. Who you got? I gotta go with I gotta go with Caleb Williams, man. The guy is consistent. He is a beast. I mean, I mean, he has full, complete control of this offense. And like you said, he goes through his progressions. He's not like a one read takeoff type of quarterback, man. He can make, he can go through his reads. He can take off when he needs to. He's so athletic, man. It's like he'll wait for the defender to get right up on him and then juke him to the ground. You know what I'm saying? And take off. (laughs) (laughs) To the ground, man. Juke him, man. Yeah, the sneakers, man. 
and then you know make a play and stuff like it's like when he's when he's on the move his eyes is still down the field you know what i'm saying and so it's like he's always ready to make a throw and so you know his athleticism is off the charts man his, his, his accuracy is really 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 good and Dude, it's just man, he's got that offense rolling, man. And so I, I gotta roll with him. Um I gotta say Caleb Williams. I like it. I like it. But I couldn't go with Caleb for the things that I stated previously. Mm-hmm. Man, I gotta go with Austin Reed, man. In this uh Zach Kidley yep. residue offense, if you will. Mm-hmm. What was remaining there and the things that they were trying to do and trying to accomplish as far as their offense is concerned, they bring this guy in from another world, pretty much another world of college football, and he's filling the shoes of one Bailey Zappi mm-hmm. in the college football world, and therefore the college fantasy football world on fire last year. Mm-hmm. So he's got huge shoes to fill with somewhat of a similar system. The expectations that was on this young man's shoulders as a result of that and he performed, man, listen, 4,200 yards passing, wonderful completion percentage, uh, 36 passing touchdowns, did throw 10 picks, got to get that down a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he had eight rushing touchdowns. So, uh, again, uh, all of those rushing touchdowns, well, none of them were like, you know, he's burning somebody. They were all close. But, right. listen. A touchdown is a touchdown, period. And they all should be six. Let me say that again. They all should be six. All of them should be six. Passing it or throwing it. But I got to go with Austin Reed, man. Because I like of, 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 of everything that I just said. And, I mean, how can you deny this this? 4,240. I know. I know Michael Penix Jr. I believe had more passing yards than him, but you know the the uh, 44 total touchdowns thus far. He still has a bowl game, so he's going to increase upon that. He may get to 50. Right. Depending on who they play in the bowl game, he may get to 50. So I got to go with Austin Reed. That's my quarterback of the year. Right. Quarterback of the year, sir. Give it to me. Man, I gotta go with Muhammad Ibrahim, man, because I'm looking at this guy last year. He he ruptures his Achilles and he's out for the season early in the season. He's out the whole year. And to come back like he did was amazing he comes back and runs for almost 1600 yards 1594 to be exact and 19 touchdowns the guy you know you know you look at iowa got one of the best run defenses in the country and he runs for 263 yards and a touchdown you're thinking my gosh you know what i'm saying this guy he we just ruptured your Achilles last year, you know what I mean? And he went over a hundred yards plus in every game except for this, the last game of the season. He also scored a touchdown in every game except for the last game of the season. And 
you know, with all those elements, you know, factoring in the way he bounced back, man, I gotta roll with Ibrahim, man. I liked it, man. I was I was gonna do the same thing, but the Wisconsin game threw me off. Mm-hmm. I gotta go with Israel Anaconda Abanaconda. Abanaconda Anaconda. I gotta Anaconda. go with it, man. I gotta go with my mm-hmm. man, the Python. Abanaconda. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Fourteen hundred yards, man. Twenty touchdowns on the year. This dude had one bad game. And I think it was caused by some type of injury. The game against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. He only had 10 carries in that game. And I think it was the uh, guy Davis kind of picking up the load there, I think, in that game. Um, but that was the only bad game he had. Came out the next week and goes total bananas. Mm-hmm. Go nuts. Yep. 36 carries, 320 yards, not passing yards, not 320 <laughs> passing yards, rushing <laughs> yards, Owens. Yes. Count them, one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns. Six touchdowns, yeah. That dude put up 70 points <laughs> in that game. 70 fantasy points. 70, yeah. I know college basketball teams that don't score 70 points. Right. This dude by himself has 70 fantasy points in one game. Ridiculous. I got to go with Izzy, man. I got to go with with the Python, Anaconda, Mm -hmm. Ivanaconda. That's Mm -hmm. my running back of the year. Wide receiver, sir. Man, I got to go with Houston's. Nathaniel Dale. Nathaniel you, you talking about a dude? You talking about a dude that's consistent? You can plug and play him, man. Forget about him. You know he's gonna do his thing, man. Those kind of dudes you like. You know what I'm saying? As a fantasy owner, you know, you put him in the game. You ain't gotta worry about him. Let me go, you know, deal with somebody else. I know he's gonna do his thing. That's exactly what he did. Um, you know, he finished the season with. Uh, 1,300 yards, 1,354 yards receiving and 15 touchdown receptions. Uh, just consistent, man. He's just, he's a dominating wide receiver. I'm a little, little guy, 5'10", 165. But his route running is amazing, man. Got hands, man. And he just does his thing, man. So I got to go with Nathaniel Dale. Listen, we'll piggyback that and go with Tank Bell, say his size again. <laughs> 5, 10, 165. 165 and this dude's name is Tank. The reason why his name must be Tank. <laughs> the numbers are just there, man. The, 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 the impact. Yes. You talking about an impact player? Yes. This dude had 103 catches. Mm. 103 catches. On 144 targets, the right. two closest guys to him, Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. he had 97 catches, but he had one less target. One hundred targets. Wow. Rasheed Rice had 96 catches, but he had 12 more targets. Wow. Not only that, Tank 
had 1,354 pass, uh, receiving yards, like you've already said, and 15 touchdowns. Mm. Led the country there in both of those. Of course, you got a couple more guys with, well, not a couple, but you got your guy Jalen Hyatt right there. Right. With 15 touchdowns. And he's also getting it done in punt return is Tank Dale. Uh, had a punt return for a touchdown, too. So I think it was, it's not much to argue with right there. So Tank, my wide receiver of the year, too. Tight end of the year, sir. Man, I got to go with Michael Mayer, man. Uh, at the end of the game, man. He just, he just, you know, another consistent top wide receiver. I mean, a top a tight end, I mean, uh, 809 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, really, really, he, I mean, he, he was the same guy last year. Uh, just just uh, uh, one of the main targets for the team. Uh, consistent. Another plug and play guy, you know. He had a few, a uh, few games in there. You know, what I'm saying that that you kind of, you know, like you know, didn't like. But for the most part, man, he did his thing, man. Really consistent, you know, plug and play guy. So you can't really find too many tight ends, man, that you could just plug and play. Most a lot of them is hit and miss, you know. But when you find these guys like Michael Mayer and Kincaid and all them kind of guys that you can just consider that's consistent and you know that, that, that they're going to produce every game man it's, it's rare and so but like I said Kincaid man 809 and, and 9 touchdowns man that's impressive 809 and 9 67 catches no doubt man I gotta go with my dude mm-hmm. Alton Kincaid Kincaid 66 catches. Mm-hmm. 150 and 8. Dealt with some injuries a couple times this year, but the game against USC did it for me. Yeah. catches, 230. How do you let a tight end, a tight end, 240 pounds, get 234 receiving yards on you? Whew. He had 16 Owens, 16 targets and 16 catches, which means he caught everything at him. He caught everything. At one point, when he gets to catch number eight and nine, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> you just let him have his way? That's what USC does. They did. We ain't worried about him. And they lost that game too, so because of him. You think they gonna? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you think they gonna make some adjustments? Oh, boy, listen, Kincaid gonna be smothered. Kincaid going on the two people on Kincaid. They gonna make somebody else beat them. They better better make somebody else beat them if they don't. They gonna do it again. Sixteen <laughs> targets, sixteen catches. <laughs> gonna see a repeat. A repeat. Owens, who was your biggest surprise of the year, sir? Uh, man, I got to go with Max Duggan from TCU, man. 3,070 yards, 29 passing touchdowns, but only, only three picks, man. Only. And you know, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like this dude, man. 
you know, and you remember oh, I said, I said, yeah, man, his his uh he just made he was so up and down, man. He was so inconsistent. And you look at last year, only 2,048 passing yards. He had 16 touchdowns. He had six interceptions. But, I mean, to but to go from that, I think he missed a couple games this year too, right? The end of injury, did he miss a couple? Or did he start late? No, he started late. He started late, yeah. Um, Actually, I think he started the 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 second half of the first game and from that time on it was his job it was his job yeah but i mean what he's doing man i mean it's like you know you know you have that leader on your team you know that that that, that keeps everybody ground is what he seemed like he is man he seemed like he's that dude that everybody believes in like okay if, if we need a, a play to be made Duggan can, is going to make it. And it seemed like he's making it. You know what I mean? Or, and, and either him or um, what's the running back? Um, Kendra Miller. Miller. You know, it's like, okay, we got two guys, you know what I'm saying, that could, that could just make that play. And, and like I said, Duggan has been doing it all season, man. Like I said, they can they can come up, they see him behind, you know, losing in the fourth quarter and he just make them throws you know find the guys you know it's open and make the plays you know with his legs and stuff like that man so i mean i'm just i'm just i'm just shocked man that he either became a guy that you can actually you know rely on rather than the hit and miss type of dude he was you know a year ago so i think he made a, a real huge improvement awesome Dude, I'm going to go with Quinshawn Jenkins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quinshawn Jenkins, this is a surprise to me. I know he was a beast. So in our home league, I went and picked him up immediately before the season even started. Right. Because I, I understood the impact that he was having. Or well, I thought I did. I thought I understood the impact that he was having. I guess it was enough for me to make a move. I'll say that. I didn't right. know it would be to this extent. To what extent? To the extent of almost 1,500 rushing yards, Owens, mm-hmm. 16 touchdowns as a freshman. This is a surprise to me because Zach Evans was there, is there. Right. right. Zach Evans coming over from TCU, a five-star, much talk about this guy in this particular system, Charlie Weiss Jr., Lane Kiffin, what are the implications here? What are the expectations here? What are the probabilities here? with this whole mix, this whole formula, and everybody's, he was, uh, Zach Evans was one of the guys that people were drafting in the second round, third round. Very, very high picks, so the expectations were extremely high. And then you had Bentley, you had Ulysses Bentley coming over from SMU, another top quality running back. So Quinshawn Juckins was third in the pecking order, but you kept hearing rumblings in camp. This kid is going to play. This kid is going to play. Right. And I told you when we first started the season, because you've got Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley in our home league, and I said, Jenkins is going to start the season number two. I said, mm-hmm. he's going to bypass 
You got Bentley. He's going to start the season number two. And I said, right. if Jack Evans start this injury stuff, he's going to take it over. Right. That's exactly what happened. And yep. I, I didn't I didn't think that he would take Zach Evans over. I knew that he was he would get playing time. And I knew that he would probably rival Bentley for that second spot. I didn't mm-hmm. know that he would do this. Right. So I gotta go with Bentley, man. He's my surprise player of the year, the biggest surprise to me. Owens, the contrast to that, who's the biggest bust to you, sir? <laughs> This might be everybody's biggest bust. Brennan Armstrong. Yes. How do you go from 4,444 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, you go from that to 2,210 passing yards, seven touchdown passes, and 12 picks? When you got more picks than you got touchdowns. Robert and I is how you do that, uh, and and sprinkle in some Tony Elliott. Boy, they told his, they told him up. Now you go from one of the top quarterback prospects in the country to man, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? And I don't, I don't think nobody. I don't think nobody could even start him in in neither game this season. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody did though. Yeah, the first game of the season and got beat. Yep. So I mean, he was just he was just completely unusable. Mm-hmm. You know, he is his highest total fantasy output was the first game against Richmond. And I know everybody like, you know, you like that. Oh yeah, he got 42 times. But you follow that with eight against Illinois. You know, eight fantasy points. How you, how you as a quarterback, you come out of with eight fantasy points, bro? I don't know. Eight, follow that with 19, follow that with 13. That's just, it's, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> what we call them, get you beat points? Get you, <laughs> but yeah, that's my biggest disappointment, man. Listen, I'm gonna go with Alabama wide receivers. Mm. My biggest bust of the year, I like it. Alabama wide receivers. Yeah, when you have the running back lead the team in receiving or lead the team in catches <laughs> with 42 catches. The running back led the team in catches, mm. 42. I'm going to say that one more time. The running wow. back led the team in catches with 42 catches. Wow. As far as wide receivers, got a couple guys with 37 catches. 37 catches. And this is through 12 games. Wow. You have a math. 12 catches. Wow. Well, well, 37 catches, excuse me, in 12 games. 37, 37 catches, catches in 12 games. You got some guys get that in two games. Owens, that's about three catches a game. Wow. Wow. And as far as receiving yards, you had Ja'Cory Brooks with 623 and seven touchdowns. 37 catches, 
623 yards and seven touchdowns in 12. Wow. Biggest bust of the year to me, Alabama yeah. wide receivers. There you have it. Owens, most improved player of the year to you, sir. Who's most improved? Man, I got to go with my man Carson Steele. Man, at Ball State, this guy, man, he goes from 891 rushing yards last year and only six touchdowns. Like I said he he would he would have good games, man. They just did not let this guy in the end zone for some reason last year. You know, I had him on my team last year. You know, I kept him. He had, like I said, he had some good games, but they did not let this guy get in the end zone. But like I said, finished with 891 yards, only six touchdowns. This year, finished with 1,556 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. This guy's a beast, man. He consistently, game in and game out, just uh, 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 hooks you up fantasy point wise. And so, um, I got a roll with Steele, man. They they started letting him get. He had multiple games with multiple rushing touchdowns, and which was a surprise. Like I said, he's the he's the featured guy, man. He's like the best guy on the team. Uh, I think they said that guy had only like seven percent body fat. You know, work hard, man, and he's a hard runner. He's a bucker too, man. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's a bucker, man. <laughs> These bucks, man. It takes multiple guys to get him down, man. Yeah, man. I got to roll with Steel, man. Multiple guys to take him down because he's doing all that bucking. He's doing all that bucking, man. <laughs> Listen, man. I'm going to go with Garrett <laughs> Trader, man. I understand the injury kind of derailed his fantasy impact. Right. But we saw it. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it. And it was more apparent and more to me more impactful than even one Bo Nix because we know the mm -hmm. lack of uh, potential he had as far as throwing the football and looking like a quarterback and not mm -hmm. a running back or an, or an athlete playing the position. Right. The guy looked good this year. Yep. He looked like a completely different dude. He looked like, again, running Armstrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You see, I mean, it's Dr. Dr. Jekyll <laughs> and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And that's what was done with, with, with Garrett Schrader here. So he's my most improved player of the, of the year. Um, last award, the CFF Heisman. Oh, if this was unanimous, go ahead and break this down for us. I got to get my charges. Yeah, I got we we rolling with Caleb Williams. Um, like I said, we you know when 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 he followed Lincoln Riley over to USC, like I said, he knew the offense. Um, Tone was saying that he thought that they might struggle a little bit because you know you had new guys coming in. You know they uh, they're learning a lot of the wide receivers are learning the system. Um, and so what what he's done, you know, like I said, mentioned before, 3,712 uh, passing yards, 34 touchdowns, and only three picks. He has full control over this offense, not to mention the, the runs. 
uh, you know, rushing touchdowns. And so he's got headed, I mean, he's got USC uh, headed to the playoffs if they can get past Utah, which which is surprising to me because we know how that defense is what you call it, uh, a lack of defense, uh, which I think also played a big part in him putting up the big numbers and you know that he, he put up because they got to keep up yeah yeah you know um but he's doing it and so again i didn't think that usc would be at the beginning of the season i wouldn't have picked them to be in a position that they're in like make the college uh playoffs but he, he let them there he got them there all they got to do is win one more game and they're in so and i believe if he beat utah he will walk away with the Heisman Trophy. You think so? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Let me let me ask you this while we're on this question before we go to this last segment. What do you think USC's record would be if Caleb Williams stayed at Oklahoma? And what do you think OU's record would be? Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't think USC would be where they are without Caleb Wiggins. I don't think they would be where they are. Uh, I don't know that. I don't their record. I don't know what their record would be. Um, I don't think they'd be in the position to make the playoffs, though. I think, I think that I think that elite quarterback play has hid the lack of talent across the board at Oklahoma for like the past three years. Mm. Yeah. Just look at how many games they would have lost last year had it not been for him. Yep. They lose the Texas game. Mm-hmm. They lose yes. the- they lose a Kansas game. Yes. And possibly one more. Yep. So they're possibly in the same boat that they're in right now. I think if he was to tell you, I think we would have him, uh, a few more wins. I do. No doubt in my mind. Yep. Yep. I think you have maybe three more wins with him. Yep. I think you definitely win the West Virginia game. Yes. Which was close. Mm-hmm. You win this Baylor game. Yep. Which was close. And maybe the K-State game, maybe. Because the offense couldn't stay on the field in that game. Right. Not sure about the Texas. Maybe the Texas, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. Because when you look at the gimmick they were running in that game for offense. What offense? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. CFF Heisman, Caleb Williams, that is unanimous for the ankle biters. There you have it right there. 
Moving right along, let's talk some transfer portal dreams. Owens, we've got a few options here to choose from. If you had your way, I mean, because this is fantasy football. Right, right. So if you had your way, sir, and all of these guys are going to flock into the portal, I yeah. mean, they are flocking. They are, I mean, they are shooting deuces. They're always, they are shooting the deuce in bulk. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, that portal is so hot, man. It seems like it's a place to be. And they got me want to jump in it. I know I want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be in it. Just to be in it, What's man. What's up, y'all? Just to be in it. Hey, like you said before we came on, Couple players that went in there and got lost. Got lost. They like it in there. Lynn J. Dixon and fell asleep on the couch. He forgot he was in there. He forgot. He forgot he was in there. <laughs> Wake up. Where am I at? Looking around. All right. Oh, okay. Whole season I went by. He slept the whole season. He slept the whole season. You said they let him. Players that they let him sleep. <laughs> Transfer portal dreams, man. Owens. Oh man! Listen, Trevion Cooley, man, running back from Louisville, four-star guy, man. Um, San Diego State. I like to see him go there, man. I don't, they, they don't. They've been trying to find a guy. They've been looking for a guy, trying guys out. But that, you know, that running back room is crowded, though, man. Yeah, but nobody has taken it over, though. You know what I'm saying? Nobody has nobody has just actually just said it's mine. So, man, you know, I think this guy, man, could possibly go over there, man, and you know, take that over, man. So, yeah, okay. Listen, what you think about this, Donovan Smith? He hadn't declared for the portal yet, but I think he should. I think he right. is on the wall. They've been doing all kind of gimmicky stuff with him. After they started him at quarterback, and you know, I think mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this earlier this year. How these mm-hmm. coaches doing all kind of stuff to keep these dudes, uh, to keep the, to keep them from hitting the portal, right? Stay put. But Donovan Smith, he should hit the portal. He should. There's nothing at Texas Tech for him if he wants to play college football. Yep. I was thinking K State. I understand mm-hmm. that will. Is there, what is his name, Will, uh, Will Howard? Will Howard. Mm-hmm. I understand he's there with like two years of eligibility, but he's a better version of Adrian Martinez. And you see what he was able to do when he was healthy. Right. Will Howard is a dual threat, but he just doesn't, he's not really giving you that. Right. And I think Donovan Smith, with his size, in that system, I think that'll be wonderful. Wonderful. If hmm. not there, Georgia Southern is wide open. I think Calvin Treese has exhausted his eligibility. And the way they throw the football around, I think he's capable mm-hmm. stepping down to the G5 level and Again, he has that dual threat capability. I think that would be an interesting move for Donovan Smith. Going down there to Clay Helton 
and that wide open offense down there in Georgia Southern. Hmm. Like, who else you got in mind? Man, uh, Luke Altmaier from Ole Miss. Maybe go down to Western Kentucky. Right after Austin Reed bounce. Austin Reed has another year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, you know, uh, Altmaier can go down there and learn the system. You know, Austin Reed bounce needed to be his. You know, after that, I think he can just keep that up his rolling, man. Uh, I think Altmaier is a pretty good quarterback. Was he a four star? Uh, yes, four star. Come out of Ole Miss. He's in that portal, man. Western Kentucky, man. They gonna throw it. That's where you wanna be. Right. You know? So I'd like to see him go down. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sims is in the portal. We all knew he was getting in the portal. <laughs> I thought about this. What about him going hooking up with Hugh Freeze at Auburn? Mm. Could we see a Malik Willis type thing? Interesting. I, I understand Robbie Ashford is there, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't. I don't see the potential there for fantasy stardom yet. Maybe Hugh Freeze gets there and he does some things with him and just turns him around completely. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sims is a proven quarterback. He's had some success. Don't know what happened this past year. I have no idea what happened to him, but he's had these he's shown flashes. What would he look like in the Hugh Freeze system? If not not that, how about OSU? Mm -hmm. What is Spencer Sanders going to do? I think he should just ride off into the sunset and go and do whatever (laughs) he want to (laughs) do. Ride off to the sunset? Yeah, man. And just go do whatever he wants to do. Jeff Sims in that Mike Gundy offense. Hmm. Mike Gundy like has had some sweet dual threat quarterbacks, man. Yeah, I like it. Um, if not that, how about Houston? Clayton Toon, I think his time is up. No, he don't need to go to Houston. Why not? You're taking care of some sneaky. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> But, but 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 check it though. Dana Hogerson had Geno Smith, yeah, dual threat quarterback who was very very successful as far as CFF is concerned. Mm-hmm. Right, he was a wonderful. Yes, uh, he did. And I think they had a nice running game then too. I can't think of the running back's name right now for some odd reason. I cannot think of his name right now, but. I think there's enough room for the both of them in a Dana Hogerson offense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Clayton Tune wasn't, uh, wasn't a statue. <laughs> no, he wasn't a statue. No. <laughs> he don't take off sometimes. Right. Right. But, I mean, it's just something to think about. Jeff Sims to maybe Auburn, Oklahoma State, or Houston. I like I like it. <laughs> hmm. Who else you got, man? I got some cornerbacks, man. 
some DBs. Yeah, Kerry Jackson, man, from Alabama. He's that portal man. This ain't got to do with fantasy. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Well, you know, we just talking about... Yeah, you just talking about some transfer for the dreams. <laughs> you didn't say to fantasy transfer for the dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need him I need him to come to you, man. I need him to come to you. We just lost we just lost, you know. Couple. Uh, couple of them. Yeah. So we need we need a couple of them. Yeah. Kyrie Jackson, Alabama corner. Mm-hmm. Come on. Listen, I'm gonna stick with the CFF theme. I'm gonna, you gonna do what you want to do. <laughs> 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 Davis Brin is in the portal. Right. Philip Montgomery getting canned. And he ain't having it. Davis Brin ain't having it. <laughs> he ain't having it. <laughs> no, he ain't having it. He ain't with it. <laughs> He's out of there. See how you looking at him? Yeah. <laughs> you like him. <laughs> I don't like him. Listen, I think he should go out to Utah State because ain't none of those quarterbacks doing nothing Blake Anderson's offense. We know Blake Anderson's systems are very, very uh, profitable, very lucrative as far as CFF is concerned. When he was at Arkansas State, you wanted that quarterback and you wanted that number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Was it the thing this year? Last year, you kind of got a little bit. Of, actually, you got a lot of that last year with uh, Logan Bonner. He really came on with that wide receiver. You don't forget his name, Little Sucker. Played in the slot. Lit it up last year. That's basically mm. what, I mean, that was unconventional as far as what Blake Anderson likes or seemed to have liked based on uh, recent history, uh, namely Arkansas State with the big 6'3, six, 6'4 six, guy on the outside. Uh, that wasn't the case last year. Certainly mm. wasn't the case this year either. Nobody really stepped up and, like you said earlier, took it. They said, this is mine. The quarterback plays very mediocre there. Davis Brand has proven that if he's in the right system that favors the passing game, he can produce. Mm-hmm. He did that this year. He was producing before he got hurt. Don't know what happened after the injury. Don't know if he was still dealing with that, nursing that, or it kind of, you know, slowed him down a little bit. But he wasn't the same after that injury, getting yanked for the freshman, who's also in the uh, transfer portal right now so davis brent to utah state i may like that i might mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. you know what i'm 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 a, you know you know picked on me a little bit I um, you, know, you keep staying with your defense listen what about what about um uh titus swin what's his name swin to go to kent state after after um Cooper leave. But Titus Smith want to play right now. Well, Cooper about to bounce. I think Cooper going to leave this year. I don't think he's eligible. He's a junior. Oh, snap. I did not know that. I thought he was a sophomore. Yeah, he's a junior. What about about Western Michigan with your boy Sean Tyler is in the portal? He could go to Western Michigan, yes. With Tyler in the portal, he can't go to Western Michigan. Yes, that'll be another good spot for him. Ooh, why you? That'd be another good spot. He, he could. He could also go to. Uh, 
He could also go to James Madison, man. They like to run it a little bit after they nope. throw it so much. You nope. don't want him out there? Nope. They got Kelly Blackson. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what he's doing. Messing with him. Yeah, he's trying to mess with me. Caden <laughs> Black is about to take over. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, man. I got one more. Mm-hmm. The, the, the super fast Malik Hornsby, Arkansas quarterback, former Arkansas quarterback. He's in the portal. Mm-hmm. How about if he went to Houston under in uh, uh, Dana Hogerson's system? Mm-hmm. The dude is super fast, man. Mm-hmm. Now this is the guy you would be worried about stealing carries from Sneed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think he should consider, if not Auburn, I mean not Auburn, <laughs> if not Houston, how about UCLA? Yeah, he can go to UCLA. With uh, DTR, I think DTR is out of there. Yeah, he can go to UCLA. Chew that feel up out there, man, against them, them, uh, them teams out there. <laughs> <laughs> he trying to mess with me again, yo. <laughs> he knows I got Tamorian Hort. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In our home league, and he wants him to go out there. Ultra carries and goal line carries. You have to pull that pull that ball out of his belly, man. Running in for a touchdown. He's one of he wanted to mess with me again. Okay. That's it for us, man. We will be back later. Not tonight, but at another time. I'm sure we'll be talking some transfer portal stuff. This thing oh, is yeah. about to get crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. This thing is about to get crazy. So that's it for us. Until next time, for Owens, I am your, your boy, Farns Woyth. Farns Woyth. We out. Peace. Peace.